Hello and welcome to Motive Insights, the Motive Partners podcast where we live and breathe the next generation of financial technology. the Motive Insights podcast. Hi everyone, this is Swati from Motive Partners. I sit in our investment team at Motive and we're spending today's time to speak a bit about backbase and what we see in the banking industry more broadly. At Motive, one of the key trends in banking we've been tracking is digitization and the increasing spend by financial institutions on digital transformation products. With almost $18 billion being spent on third-party software by banks, this presents an enormous market opportunity to tap into. And an increasing portion of this is being spent on digital transformation, which has only increased over the last few years through the pandemic. Individuals have very quickly increased dependency on remote connectivity tools as you and I want smoother and more agile interactions with others. And this is a trend we believe that will stay well into the future. So when we had the opportunity to potentially partner with Backbase this year, we saw it as a way to tap into this thesis. Backbase has been on our radar for a very long time, and we really liked how its ethos was about focusing on developing a solution to help the end customer and making their interactions with their banking providers better. This is supported by the business's deep sector knowledge it has built over the last 20 years. Backbase offers a turnkey solution to financial institutions to allow them to interface and engage better with their end customer. Their engagement banking platform has been built on native technology, growing their singular platform organically to widely be recognized as a market leader. The platform seamlessly integrates with any other software the financial institution may have, for example, a core banking solution, and does so quickly, so allowing the customer to really focus on their core value proposition. When we met Yauk, Backbase's CEO and founder, and the team, it was clear why the business has grown so successfully to currently serving over 150 financial institutions globally and generates over 200 million euros of revenue. The business is well-placed, not only capitalized on this digitization trend in banking, but has established technology and a distribution network to capture other growth vectors such as new markets, new products, and so forth. And with that, we're thrilled to be joined by Yauk, the CEO of Backbase today. And I'll hand over to Sam. Thank you, Swathi. And welcome today to Jarek Pleiter, who is CEO and founder of Backbase, a company we announced a partnership with through our investment on the 9th of June. And we couldn't be more excited. Welcome, Jarek. Nice to meet you, Sam. Good to be here. So this was news that reverberated around the industry, not least of all because it was announced during Money 2020 in Amsterdam, your hometown, but because Backbase has been a backbone of the industry for so long, yet had never accepted external capital. So people I don't think saw this coming. Let's ask the big question first. Why are you doing an A round effectively after so long? You're right. We've been under the radar for a very long time and and basically bootstrapping the company. And I think bootstrapping is a phenomenal concept because it forces everybody in the company to be extremely focused on finding product market fit and generating cash flow. Maybe it takes a bit longer to grow the company, but in the last 18 years, I've been 100% focused on that. 
We got a lot of requests from private equity and VC people kind of, you know, doing their normal business development. And for a very long time, we basically decided not even to pick up the phone because it would only distract us from that kind of organic growth mission. And then you start to realize, because we believe that the opportunity is that big easily, then you also kind of need to make sure, for instance, that you kind of fortify your balance sheet and that you have some extra cash and dry power to place a few extra investments that have a horizon to in kind of return. So hence, that was kind of the starting point 12 months ago to gradually consider kind of to go open up and meet a few investors and, you know, the rest is history. I love that, that you didn't even pick up the previous calls, which begs the question, why did you pick up our call and what was it about Motive Partners that made you feel now was the time and this was the right partner? So I started a year ago to back-based style. We decided not to go with a corporate finance boutique firm to help us out, but I typically like to do things in-house. So I found Peter, our corporate development person in my team. So Peter did most of the prep work. Peter and I did a lot of soul searching about what type of partner profile are we looking for. I was fortunate enough that Peter did most of the work, so I didn't. He basically brought us a a long list of 20 potential providers that went down to seven. And then with those seven players, we went into an official process. And in that process, of course, we met Jeff and Motive. And you guys really stood out on the fact that uh, ex-operators, I would say, Rob being an entrepreneur himself, Jeff being very deeply familiar, of course, as a CEO in one of the largest fintechs in the US. So the quality of the team with people that really know the industry very well, but also not per se guys with a spreadsheet, but also guys with industry and domain expertise that had a you know a strong a strong chemistry. It's great to hear. And, and in fact, when we began Motive and Tava will remember this well, we, we wrote a manifesto. And at the top of that manifesto was the quality of empathy. So when we read the press release and it talked about Motive being a founder-friendly firm, from your lips, it was music to all of our ears and, and a proud moment that you accepted us in. And we are on this mission together. You talk about bootstrapping, focusing the mind, particularly with the product market fit. And on speaking with the team over the last few weeks, it's very clear that client intimacy is a crucial component and leadership style that you've embedded within the firm. Can you tell us a little bit about Backbase's mission and what you do today? Yeah, so maybe it's, it's easy then to kind of explain to the audience like where we play. So Backbase is a software company. We focus on a single industry and we really focus in that industry on a paradigm shift. And In banking, you typically see two layers. You see the system of record and you see the system of engagement. The system of record is really kind of where you kind of keep the ledger and you reconcile the payments, et cetera. But the engagement layer, that's really kind of the e-commerce layer of banking. And ironically enough, in banking, people never took a a, a real outside-in view. What I mean with outside-in is that banks always start with products and with systems and with channels. But in the e-commerce world, you actually start with the customer journey. So it's, it's a fundamental paradigm shift where you say bankers traditionally are inside out. They have products, they have channels, and they push stuff to their clients. With Backbase, you know, the point of view already 10 years ago was fundamentally the other way around to say, guys, forget about all your IT systems, forget about all your products. Let's first really focus on kind of creating seamless customer journeys. At the time, we were referring to that as an outside-in approach. And I think that point of view really kind of was the, I would say, the ground seat of our growth. And till today, it is still extremely valid. So what we do right now is we basically say, just like you have major platforms like, like a Google or an Uber or a Netflix, that you push a button, you get transportation, you push another button, you can watch entertainment and videos. We basically have a similar vision for banking, that in banking, platforms will orchestrate basically the customer journey, but platforms will also orchestrate value aggregation. So you can take ingredients from your legacy systems inside the bank, 
You can also take ingredients from the open banking ecosystem, ergo from other banks, and you can incorporate basically every other fintech. And it's almost like cooking a meal for your end customer. You now can aggregate the right data and the right functionality, and then you can service that. You can orchestrate that in a seamless uh, customer journey to your end customer. Well, this is the vision. But if you then compare that with the reality of what we see in banking, it's, it's completely the opposite. It's siloed four decades of legacy systems kind of duct taped together. So the mission is quite bold. It is basically re-architecting the complete engagement layer around the customer. And I think it's still day one. It's, it's very early innings of this opportunity. I'll never forget the feedback we started to get when our firms came together and you know, high praise, the highest of praise from the likes of Tava, Jeff, Neil, Rob, who believe that this really is the best platform in its space and is defining the engagement banking category. But as you say, it's one minute past midnight. You hadn't accepted external capital. You had opted to not do any M&A historically because you wanted to focus on being a truly integrated platform and masters of your own destiny. So what are you going to spend the capital on and what does the kind of next phase of growth look like for you? There's a couple of elements to the answer. One element is super boring. It's basically just to fortify our balance sheet. You know, we always had kind of organic growth. We were always cash positive and profitable. But at a given moment, basically the company triples or quadruples in size. And then also, I think you should have an appropriate cash position. You know, if only for just having peace of mind that you don't have to think about cash. You can just really focus on customers and you can focus on, on creating value, right? That's, let's say, one part of the answer. The other part is that there are tremendous opportunities, we believe, in the lending side of the engagement banking platform. So we are making a stronger investment in that area. We also see a tremendous opportunity for a concept called Marketplace, which is basically how do you integrate multiple fintechs, the engagement platform by Backbase, more and more is taking the role of the platform off platforms. So that basically means that you aggregate capabilities from pretty much any other third-party API-based uh, sub-platform. You can take crypto, take messaging, take e-commerce, take loyalty, whatever it might be. You can aggregate those capabilities inside the engagement layer. So there are tremendous opportunities for that integration, providing unified APIs that the engagement platform can orchestrate all these sub-capabilities into seamless journeys. So that whole marketplace concept is definitely an era where we would like to kind of go much more deeper into. And then finally, there's a large ecosystem play that is kind of, we probably will see more industry clouds. So there's healthcare clouds, telco clouds, FS clouds. And I think it's very important to build the right strategic alliances to kind of build the leading FS cloud. So that is not just a back-based value proposition, but that is kind of bringing together the different pieces to build a full end-to-end -end stack that can service the industry. That's exactly what you want to hear as an investor, the perfect balance of conservative approach with strong ambition. Tell us a little bit about what makes the platform so special. When you go and sit down with a client, what is it that you tell them? Why should they go with Backbase? Well, there's a couple of answers to it. Like probably the engagement layer is the most strategic investment you can do as a bank, right? Because why is it so strategic? Because that is the part your customers are facing every day, right? So it's the most visible, most high impact part of your infrastructure. And it's not only to your end customers, but it's also partly to the employees in your front office, like your relationship managers, et cetera, that are assisting your customers where it's needed. So I think it's really the most strategic part and people agree to that. Then the second part is if you kind of think then about how to solve that engagement layer, on one end, you can buy point solutions, but the downside is that these point solutions, you are basically held captive inside them. You cannot customize them. 
So that's the most extreme left of what you can buy. If you go to the extreme right, you can build everything yourself. And we see still a lot of self-built in the financial services industry. But it also requires that you need to compete in the war for talent. You need to have a certain scale to do so. And I think what Backbase does, we come in with a single platform, which is a really industrialized approach for the engagement layer. And on top of that platform, we have out-of-the-box applications and journeys. So basically, the benefits of a turnkey solution, so you can really go fast. And on that same platform, you can also do custom development. So it's basically headless, and you can make your own customer journeys. We call that one platform, adopt on one end to go fast, and build to have the flexibility and freedom to differentiate and to tailor the solution. And according to many industry analysts, if you look at the spectrum of all the different solutions, that sweet spot where you combine adopt and build on a single platform, I think is really the, the core of our unique value proposition. I hope it makes sense. It makes perfect sense, although I've, I've read hundreds of pages of materials ahead of this. So there aren't many companies out there that have grown organically bootstrapped to 200 million euros in revenue. It's an amazing achievement. And I know we always have a lot of entrepreneurs listening in to our podcasts. What would you tell a financial technology entrepreneur? What could they learn from the back-based story about growing a business from zero to 200 million in revenue? Probably the first phase is the difficult. I had to pivot back-based at least two times. So originally, we were developer tooling in a horizontal market, and we were under attack by you know open source. Then I pivoted the company into at least business value, so still a horizontal solution, but with at least some more business value, call it the experience portal. And then the third pivot was to kind of go from horizontal into a vertical, into banking. If I look back at it, these early days, it is just survival mode. It is just you have to be super scrappy on the cost side and you basically have to do anything to kind of cash in. And you cannot be picky, right? You have your vision. You want to build that product. You want to do it. But the first thing you need to do is to kind of generate the cash to build the dream, right? And I think if there's no hardcore passion for this, if you if you have to force yourself to do it, I think your probability to succeed are probably a little bit less. But I think it, it, probably the number one key thing is that, are you passionate about what you want to accomplish? Do you have a real dream? Do you believe in it? Does it give energy back? And if it does, I think then you can really apply that energy surplus into convincing customer on a certain point of view. And so over time, what I noticed is that you can really find customers and executives inside these customer organizations that basically buy into your point of view, right? And they want to differentiate. But they are early strategic buyers. They have a slightly higher risk profile. But they want to differentiate and they want to go with innovative companies like Backbase or any other startup. It's a very small segment of buyers, but they are there and they have an appeal to this kind of innovation drive. And together with them, you can generate cash flow. The whole process takes a little bit longer. You also take a lot of bets because your vision is probably much bigger than the amount of product and value you can provide at that moment in time, to be honest. So in Holland, we say sometimes you really have to put on a big pants where in reality, uh, you know, you're much smaller. I don't know if that translates well in English, but that doesn't matter. I think the audience will get the picture. But then the most important thing, you have to fight your ass off to deliver. And if you then deliver, you get credibility. And it's a tough journey. We had many moments of despair and, and pain and, and scratches, but overall, the overall positive energy balance was just there and that made it just super enjoyable. It's easy to look at a company 20 years into its journey, just accepting outside capital and Think of it as a great investment. But having spoken to the team and, and now to you, it's very clear to us that your passion is what got this company here and your teams. You've worked 24-7 for nearly 20 years. You've pivoted. You've thought about product market fit. You've been hyper-client-centric. You've gone from horizontal to vertical. 
you're going to need a lot of energy for the next five, 10 years. The industry is changing at lightning pace. Yeah. Where do you see Backbase going over the next five, 10 years? And how are you going to continue to address the client's needs? I think that's kind of interesting. And in I think right now we are absolutely in a, in a different phase where it's all about how do you build to scale? I think in the beginning, you can still overcompensate with raw passion and talent and energy. I think now we can attract a lot of people. We can attract much better talent than, let's say, a couple of years ago. So that's amazing. So your, your ground material of people and talent is already so much better. But the key thing is, how do you do this at scale? So we are making a big bet on, on a concept called founder's mentality. That is really kind of how do you make sure that we really keep that founder's mentality, which is kind of high. It's basically that insurgent model where you are on a mission to change an industry you know, but together you have to go into these micro battles because the ironic part now is that you grow, but if you grow, you get more complexity in your organization. And the ironic part is that complexity probably will stop growth or at least reduce growth. So it's kind of the growth paradox. We're spending a lot of time in kind of educating our people, empowering them to kind of basically keep that founder's mentality and actually nurture it and educate people on what it is, select the right entrepreneurial DNA in the leadership positions, placing your bets on talent. And then at the same time, you have to kind of find these formulas to scale, right? Because it's not just talent or entrepreneurship. There has to be a repetitive model. So we're kind of optimizing that now for different geo markets or for different customer segments. So in a way, it's kind of how do you keep the soul of the company, but also how do you kind of build in elements of models that are highly repetitive? And then you also allocate your talent in people that actually can create the models versus the people that can work inside the models of that repetition. It's a, it's a new chapter, Sam. I'm learning. <laughs> I love the concept founders mentality and the war for talent in our space is more rife than ever before through inflation and decentralization, being able to pull talent from all around the world now in the digital world we live in. How are you approaching talent? Talent is super hard. Well, first of all, I hope kind of in the overall market that the market is cooling down a little bit. So that could be beneficial to us. But if we look at the channel, I think we always said, okay, like DNA screening is super important, right? So, you know, for instance, a simple question, do you like to be with this person on a 12-hour flight from Amsterdam to San Francisco? That's a very simple question, but it can really kind of, you know, do you like the people that are in your team outside of the skill sets and their and their track record. The second part is that we are big on from day one placing big bets on talent. We have very young people are quickly promoted in backbase because you see that raw energy, you see that street fighter mentality, you see that hunger. And we basically now are blending that, like how do you enable that younger upcoming, let's say hungry talent together with people that have been in the industry a little bit longer. But top talent will attract top talent, right? And people will recognize it. And it's also the element if that if your team structures are not healthy or if people don't have a common purpose or a common vision for their squad, or if there's something broken, you automatically see everything kind of deteriorates to suboptimal. So I think it's super healthy and important to basically monitor your team health all over the world and just make sure that it's not only getting the right talent, but also placing them in a context that they are on fire. Once you're on fire, you like the mission, it fits with your skill set. It's a bit of a stretch assignment. You get the right juices flowing, right? And, and people will go um, way and beyond. And to orchestrate that together with the leadership team all over the world, I think that's basically probably our core business, just to ignite people and go all in. I love that. I'm not sure how many people in my team would say they'd like to sit next to me on a flight for 12 hours, but... Yeah, Sam. <laughs> yeah, you're running a great business. And I guess all that's left to be said is thank you for letting us be a part of it. We are delighted and excited about the future ahead. Thank you for spending time with us on today's podcast. And we're going to let you get back to what's probably a very busy day. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So 
On the Motive Insights podcast, we like to go a level deeper. At Motive Partners, part of our secret source is our integrated approach. We brought together from day one investors, operators, and innovators in our four walls at Motive Partners. And every day we kick around ideas, dive deep on topics, and work out the best way to approach different challenges. So on the Motive Insights podcast, we're going to be ending every podcast we do with a, a bit of a teaching, bringing together our investors, operators, and innovators. And on today's teaching, we have Swathi and Tava joining us from Motive Capital and Motive Create. Swathi, over to you. Thanks, Yalk and Sam. We wanted to spend a bit more time digging a bit deeper into the business and the sector. I'm joined by Tava, and I'll let him introduce himself. Hi. Yes, I'm Andrew Tava. I run the Motive Create business within Motive Partners. Great. Tava, from your perspective, what did you like about the business when we first came across it? You know, the first thing you like about a founder-based business is the founder. And I think, you know, Yauk is a blend of personality and character that you rarely see within the market. What I mean by that is, you know, he's a part explorer. So he has a creative side to him. You know, he's willing to and excited to explore, but he's also an explorator and therefore gets into the detail, the research, the understanding. And that combination of exploration, both from a creative perspective, but also from a detailed perspective, allows him to build out Backbase in a way that we think is you know, unique and the reason why it's a market leader. I completely agree. And the conversation with Yalk and Sam was super insightful. It's making me think about my own banking experience. I mean, in the last 10 years, I've personally seen far more options to manage my money from you know, different accounts, different platforms that serve different purposes or maybe for different investing styles. So the kind of re-architecting the engagement layer really resonated with me. And to me, it's around accessibility to individuals. Yeah, I think, you know, again, you put it very nicely. Most of financial services do not focus on the customer experience in the way that other industries do with their e-commerce platforms. Banks are too focused on product and channel and systems. And what Backbase is trying to do is really turn that on its head and focus on the customer journeys, the customer experiences. And then the technology that underpins that has to be easy to configure. So each bank will have its own preferences and its way that it wants to be configured. But it also needs to be integrated to a number of other existing industry parties. So what they've managed to do at Backbase is really focus on that customer experience, that engagement banking layer but also have the ability to connect into the fabric of the industry, which is much more system-led. Yeah, and I think having that kind of singular platform has allowed them to you know, pivot at different points of their journey and also going forward, they're able to make changes very quickly and very nimbly, both from a technological architecture standpoint, but also the way their teams are set up. So whether that's having like small sprint teams and so forth, I think one of the areas we spent time on was looking at their technology and would be good to get your thoughts on how their platform is set up and their technology team. Yeah, again, you know, an organization that's been running 18, 19 years and has used the same technology, the same code base, haven't had acquisitions where they've had to merge those together, you know, gives you a technology platform that you know that you can trust, that's got consistency. You know, they're running off as one co-base. You know, they continue to evolve the technology with their relationship with Microsoft and Azure going into the cloud, the ability to use that single co-base to go into wealth and to lending. And for us, you know, it's a foundation that gives us a huge amount of confidence in that business. They've got a really good handle on the technology they need to run their business. They're getting closer to feature complete, as you would after 18 years of building. 
And, you know, you can't really find any criticism, really, of what they've been doing around their tech stack. And I think what's really exciting is just where it can go next. Like, there's so many avenues that the Backbase could really spend time on. And it's really a matter of figuring out what they want to focus on now. And that's particularly exciting from our standpoint in terms of where we can help and support them through this next phase of growth, both from a operating side of the house, as well as from an investing standpoint. And that's the fabric really of what we're doing in Motive. We want to try and help those companies that we believe will be the leaders and the innovators in the financial services industry, whether we're doing that across wealth or payments or insurance or banking that's at the core of what we do. And we believe Backbase are a, a significant player within the digital banking space, both now and going forward. And with that, thank you, everyone. And see you next time. Thank you for your time and insights. And thank you very much for tuning in. I'm Sam. See you next time. The information contained in this podcast is intended for discussion purposes only. It is not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation for the purchase or sale of a security or any services of motive partners. All investing involves risk, and there is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are as of the date of recording, reflect the views and opinions of the persons expressing them, and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of motive partners. Motive partners makes no representations or warranties as to the accuracy, reliability, or completeness of any information provided, and undertakes no obligation to update, amend, or clarify the information in the podcast, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise. Any securities, transactions, or holdings discussed may not represent investments made by motive partners. It should not be assumed that securities, transactions, or holdings discussed, if any, were or will be profitable, or that the recommendations or decisions made in the future will be similar, or will equal the performance of the securities, transactions, or holdings discussed herein. This podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are based on beliefs, assumptions, current expectations, estimates, and predictions about the financial industry the economy, motive partners or motive partners investments. Nothing in the podcast should be construed or relied upon as investment, legal, accounting, tax or other professional advice or in connection with any offer or sale of securities.